Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where we ask the question, when you finally found a girl who looks exactly like your dead ex-girlfriend, does it really even matter if she has a terrible personality? (laughs) Book number eight, Heartbreaker. Will Jessica break Bill's heart too? Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries. I am your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and sitting across from me is my dear friend, my sometime co-writer, and, you know, a cool, fun guy that everybody likes a lot, and his name is... Russ Nickel. Do you agree? By saying your name after I said that, it means you agree with my assessment of you. Oh, yes. Good. I only agreed to be on this podcast if there was enough flattery involved. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, on this podcast, we talk about Sweet Valley High novels, so usually I start out by asking the guest if they've ever read a Sweet Valley High novel before or heard of the series. Can you answer that question for me? Um, I have never read it. I've only heard of it from you. From me! That's the answer that many people in the world give. Not too many people (laughs) on the show have given it yet. Um, But you are the first solo male guest that I have had on the show thus far, and only second male guest of any sort. All right. So, congratulations! Thank you. you. did it! You're the first a pioneer in your field. Yes, I'm finally making strides for men. You're breaking that glass ceiling <laughs> in Sweet Valley High podcasting, or at least this uh, podcast. Man. Uh, I think the glass ceiling for these are pretty low. So, the book we're talking about is a book called Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Jessica break Bill's heart, too? Marissa's nodding, because yes, she will. So the book that we're talking about today, Heartbreaker, um, is a book where many of our listeners may really be on the edge of our seats. Now, you don't know this, Russ, I don't think, but in the end of book seven, Elizabeth had just woken up from a terrible sort of hazy state that she was in for almost maybe over a month after her coma, where she was acting crazy. She was on a wild rampage of boy craziness and drinking, and she woke up from it, and she runs to the beach, and she finds Todd. And meanwhile, Jessica and Bill Chase are off somewhere on the beach. And we never get a chance to see how Jessica and Elizabeth Um, resolve that. So we're really excited to open book eight and see, you know, how Elizabeth and Jessica come to terms with the fact that they've had this crazy experience over the past months. You know, will Jessica ever forgive Elizabeth? So what did you think about that part of the book? (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Knowing nothing about this, maybe my favorite part of the book was on page three when I thought the story was planting something for later, where it just says, It was during the period when her identical twin sister Elizabeth was behaving so strangely after a motorcycle accident she'd been in and had accepted dates with two different boys on the same night. And I was like, what? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that is almost all the book says about these events. It's never mentioned again. (laughs) Listeners, Sweet Valley High fans... Uh, who don't remember, as I don't know why you would, this particular uh, volume of the series. Uh, If you were wondering, you know, what is going to happen? How are they going to resolve this? They chose a really convenient method of resolving it, which was just sort of forget it ever happened and move along Mm -hmm. other than a passing line. So uh, Jessica (laughs) uh, is just back to normal, and Elizabeth has, like, there's a moment in the book when Elizabeth sees Bruce Patman, and she thinks... Ugh, God, that guy. 
which is a re- and references some crazy mm-hmm. things that happened just in one sentence in the last book, but that's it. So um, I'll have to have you listen to episode seven. I don't think you've listened to it. No. And you can fill yourself in. But that's enough housekeeping. <laughs> Back to the regularly scheduled discussion of book eight. Uh, and I want to talk about the cover. The cover. So what can you tell me about the cover of Heartbreaker? <clears throat> well, I think my first note is that the the two leads are about as close to high schoolers in age as the dialogue is to how high schoolers sound within the book. Because mm-hmm. they look like they're about 40. <laughs> <laughs> Every week it goes up, the estimate. I think in uh, book seven we heard like 37, uh-huh. now 40. Uh, so the two people on the book's cover are Jessica Wakefield and mm-hmm. Bill Chase. Bill Chase is described in this book as um, Bill Chase, whose name was practically synonymous with sun and surf. And I think he looks like that on this cover. He's got a center part of his blonde hair. He's wearing a, a muscle tee that says Sweet Valley Surf Club. Oof. And uh, what else is happening on this book cover? Um Jessica is, like, grabbing seductively at his necklace with one figure as she stares straight into the camera. Yeah. I'm reading this less as seduction and more as, like, the necklace is like a leash. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's got him on a chain. Well, I guess that's a kind of seduction. She's She's got him in her spell. It's very succubus. And it's actually doing something that it was really clever. Bill is looking at Jessica longingly, mm-hmm. um, and Jessica is not looking at Bill. She's not looking longing. She's looking at the onlooker. She's mm-hmm. looking straight out. Yeah. With a look that says... I will eat your heart out. I will eat your heart out. And she's wearing a cute uh, two-tone bikini top, so... Also, no two people in the history of the universe have ever been whiter. Mm, but I what think. about their summer tans? Oh, yeah. Well, Do you think indoor people are whiter? Mine's faded. If you compare... Oh, we have to trade book covers. Look at mine. Oh, wow. They're super tan. So, And you get a little more midriff. So Russ has a copy of the book, original copy, and I have a more modern one that actually has a sticker on it. See what it says? Now a little... it hit TV series. Yeah. I now it no hit TV idea. series. Yeah, yeah. So it's from it's from probably like a decade later. Uh-huh. And it's got brighter colors. And you can see a little more of the picture, too. So yeah, so that pretty much um, encapsulates what is the bulk of the drama, at least of this story in the mm-hmm. book. So let's talk about it. Uh, I thought that this book was going to open the way that the previous book ended, which was <laughs> Jessica, I'm, I'm telling the listeners, they, listeners, if you listen to episode seven, you know this already, but I'll catch you up. Russ doesn't know. So Jessica and Bill are on the beach, they're on a date, and Bill thinks he's on a date with Elizabeth. And Jessica tells him, no, I'm Jessica. So I thought that we were going to pick up right at that moment. Even though I've read this book before, I forgot. <laughs> I thought we were going to pick up right at that moment. We don't. Do you remember where we pick up? Uh, in the middle of a play. Yeah, they're rehearsing for the school play, Splendor in the Grass. Mm-hmm. Really nice fake out in the opening paragraph. It starts with a sexy kiss, only to pull back to reveal that it was a fake sexy kiss for the audience. A play rehearsal, yeah. yeah. So Jessica has been making Bill like kiss her repeatedly and criticizing his acting kissing technique, and uh, that's sort of par for the course for Jessica in this book. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a lot of people seem to be watching this rehearsal. One of them is Dee Dee Gordon, who 
really thinks Bill's doing a great job. Everybody thinks Bill's doing a great job, but he's not normally in the drama club scene. Uh, Mr. Collins, who doesn't appear in this book otherwise, talked him into trying out for the play. So that's kind of where we start. I love the exposition for people like me to find out that he doesn't normally do that sort of thing when they're like, can you blame him? It's the first time he's ever gotten involved in anything like this. He's usually too busy surfing. See? Short and concise, to the point. Now you get it. See, these books are only 130 pages long. We gotta get to the point. We don't have time for trauma. We don't have time for lengthy character introductions. So, Dee Dee Gordon is watching along with a lot of other people, and we learn that Dee Dee Gordon is a kind of, like, how would you describe her? She's, like, sort of nerdy, mousy girl. She's got freckles. She's got a snub nose, they tell us at one point. But she's, like, kind of okay. Literally, the only thing I know about her is that her dad is a Hollywood agent. Yes, we learn that her dad is a Hollywood agent. But nobody really knows that. She keeps it a secret because she feels like the the um, absolute like horror show that is the populace of Sweet Valley High would really be all over her trying to like get it in, and she's right. So mm-hmm. good for you, Dee Dee. Keep that a secret. <laughs> uh, and clearly, Elizabeth can see clearly Dee Dee has a crush on Bill, and we also get to go inside Dee Dee's head and find out. That was shocking the first time it happened. Just like the rampant point of view switches, and I'm like, oh, I'm in Dee Dee's head now. I just met her. Like, eight sentences ago. Yeah. Oh, man. I had no idea whose thoughts I was reading. Yeah. Well, so it just basically whatever character you're talking about, almost always, that we get to go right into their head. Mm-hmm. And that's Sweet Valley. <laughs> so, Dee Dee has a crush on Bill, um, but Bill only has eyes for Jessica. Mm. Um, we know that at one point, Bill turned Jessica down. When Jessica asked him to a Sadie Hawkins dance. Mm -hmm. And this is something that Jessica cannot forgive. And because she senses that ever since her ploy where she pretended to be Elizabeth, that Bill is into her now, she's messing with him. And basically refers to him repeatedly in this book as like her slave or somebody else will say you've got him as like your slave. And she uh, calls him over at one point because she's made up a story that she left her script at the school And she only does this because Elizabeth tells her, like, oh, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Bill for much longer. Uh, Bill seems to maybe have some attention from Dee Dee. And Jessica goes from not giving a shit about Bill, other than messing with him at practice, to being like, oh, I need to call him. And, like, she's going to, she doesn't want to have, she doesn't want Bill, but she also wants Bill to be in love with her. Mm Mm-hmm. So Bill comes over with the script, and Jessica's gone. She's gone out on a date with Tom McKay. And Liz is like, you know, Bill, do you see what's happening here? And Bill's like, Mleh. How would she ever explain to Bill without being disloyal to her sister? I remember Ugh. the conundrum. Yeah. Yeah, I think about 60% of this book is Dee Dee and Bill starting to have a moment, and then Jessica interrupting it, just yeah. over and over and over. It happens constantly, and it's partly because whenever Dee Dee and Bill start to talk, Jessica sees them and is like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Like, But you, I would say, like, oh, she's not going to steal my man, but it's not, she doesn't want Bill. She just doesn't, she wants to be able to mess with him, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want anybody else to have him. Now, do you have sympathy for Bill at this point in the story? Sure. Uh, because Jessica's messing with him. Yeah, Jessica's evil. Yeah, and but she, but he's really into her. Uh-huh. Like he just 
I mean, yeah, he's a sad sack who can't, like, see past his own nose, but... Yeah. I think they actually use those exact words. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not sad sack, but the see past his own nose. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. When I was in college, I was talking with a male friend of mine, and I was complaining about how um, I felt like boys just, like, weren't into me. And Mm -hmm. he told me that they couldn't see past their own eyes. And I got really, (laughs) really offended and, like, panicked because I genuinely thought he was telling me that I was ugly or, like, fat or, like, whatever he was saying was like, oh, they just can't see past their own eyes. And he was so confused and contrite. Like, he had no idea that I ever would. I'm thinking back on it now, like, whoa, I didn't realize how insecure I must have been to genuinely think that's what he meant. But I don't know. I guess I was just... I was I was 18 years old. I was putting out feelers for any clues that I might <laughs> might be secretly ugly. Uh, just, it's all the cat string theory or whatever. What's that? Oh, where you know cats uh, love chasing a string, but as soon as they have the string, they're not interested in it. So you're only interested mm. in people you can't get because the chase is the thrill. So if you have someone who's a friend and like you could have them, then you're not interested in them. That's what's happening Theoretically. in this book. It kind of seems. Yeah. Um, but we quickly learn that there is actually a dark backstory to the whole fact that Bill rejected Jessica for the Sadie Hawkins dance. Um and it starts with the scene where Bill like goes to cry on the beach. And we're like, wait, what's happening now? He's driven to the beach, and it always makes him kind of sad, and he's thinking about Jessica rejecting him. It's a Volkswagen bus. Yeah. And he's crying, and then he starts thinking about Julianne. Also a J. So similar. So similar. (laughs) She was blonde. Mm. She had beautiful blue eyes. Mm -hmm. She had sun-kissed skin and a beautiful... But I don't know. She had a, she had a nice body. Very she was a surfer. Calipigian. What does that mean? Oh, it means having a nice butt. Oh, yeah. so you taught me something new. <laughs> Here I was. I thought I was the vocabulary queen. And then what does he? He like accuses her at a party of flirting with someone else, so she leaves early. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were in love, by the way. Of like course. they were friends. They fell. They met freshman year. They fell in love, deeply in love, because they both liked to surf, and they had a, so much in common. They were inseparable. But yeah, they fought at a party. And then she went home early uh, with someone and got in a car crash and died. Yep. So she's dead. Yeah. And then this all happened when Bill's family lived in Santa Monica, apparently, which is kind of funny for us since we're here in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm picturing it all happening in Santa Monica. I'm like, what freeway was she driving on? Because um, we really do that here. Well, plus, uh, since one of them's a Hollywood agent, in my head, Sweet Valley High is, like, in L.A. That's true. <laughs> well, and a lot of people think that, especially, I-, I thought you might feel that way with that Hollywood agent plant, Dee Dee's father. But then we find out later that... Dee Dee's parents are divorced and that her father lives in L.A. and it's too far away for them to see each other very often, mm. which is just a further wrinkle in the big overarching question of this series and this podcast of where the fuck is Sweet Valley? <laughs> it's nowhere. But yeah, so they were in Santa Monica and I was wondering if they met freshman year, now it's junior year, Bill has moved from Santa Monica to Sweet Valley, but they were at a party where he was going to drive her home. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> I didn't think about that. When did he, did he not move to Sweet Valley until junior year? Did he, oh, what happens after her, she gets in a car crash, though? 
uh, he was sad for a while. Yeah, and he goes and then, out surfing at night and, like, almost dies. Oh, that's right. He didn't, doesn't have the will to live. And then at, yeah. at some point he moves to Sweet Valley and, and rejects Jessica because he's not ready to move on to a new yeah. girl. And Jessica looks a lot like Julianne. It's something that comes up for Bill is that Jessica looks a lot like Julianne. Mm-hmm. And as does Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth's taken. Uh, she and Todd are doing great, right? They have a really healthy relationship <laughs> in this podcast, Lots right? Lots of communication. Let's take a pause from the really exciting Jessica and Bill story and talk about Elizabeth and her boyfriend Todd, who are in love, like mm-hmm. Bill and Julianne. Yeah. Elizabeth and Todd are deeply in love. Well, because starting at age 14, when you can drive and go to parties, you also are... Deeply in love at any given Freshman time. year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Elizabeth and Todd get together in the first book of the series. Wow. But that may be anywhere from, like, a week to, like, five years ago at this point, based <laughs> on the events of the uh, first seven books of the series. So, they are in love, but there's a complication. Mm-hmm. And her name is Patsy. Like, the first time we lay eyes on Todd in the series, he's with a very beautiful girl. And he's, like, got his arm around her or something. And Elizabeth's Mm. like, who's that? And he introduces her as his friend, Patsy. And she, I actually marked the page because she is wearing the most amazing outfit. And I just have to. To high school. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read. Nice to meet you, Liz. Patsy smiled, revealing glorious white teeth and a charming dimple in her heart-shaped chin. She could be a model. Elizabeth couldn't help thinking. Patsy looked too sophisticated to be in high school. She was wearing a straw-slim skirt belted with a wide leather sash around her tiny waist and delicate high heels. Her coppery red hair was cut fashionably short and back, with a tumble of curls that dipped over her forehead. A pair of slanted green eyes regarded Elizabeth with friendly interest. So... I don't know what exactly we're supposed to take away from that, except this girl's hot shit. She's got a crazy haircut. Uh-huh. And she is very skinny, and she's, like, smiling, but... With her slanted eyes. She's got slanted eyes. Yeah. That's, I don't feel comfortable saying that anymore. <laughs> um, don't worry. Everyone in the series is so white. Yeah. I don't think we have to worry. So far, only <laughs> white people. So, yeah. So, Patsy has been gone in Paris for a while, and Elizabeth finds out that Patsy and Todd weren't just friends from before. Uh, I don't know where Elizabeth was when this all was happening, but they weren't just friends. Patsy and Todd were an item. Lovers. They were also in love. Everybody is in love in this book. And crying. And giggling. Yeah. Those are the three emotions of Sweet Valley. That's about right. That sounds about right. (laughs) Patsy shows up to the beach in a string bikini. Like, Patsy is everywhere. And Elizabeth starts off jealous, like, the moment she lays eyes on her. But Todd is, like, comes over and, like, puts his arm around Elizabeth. And is very much like, oh, this is my friend, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's all, it's not not a problem at all for Elizabeth. She's totally cool. Yeah, it's kind of like in those rom-coms how... I always hate it when there's just, like, one misunderstanding where, like, you see someone across a room catching them at an odd moment, and that is all of the tension. But this book is like that moment, but it's just that same moment playing out every time they're together it repeats through the whole book. <laughs> so these two storylines converge when one of the times that Jessica distracts Bill and Dee Dee Gordon from having an almost having a moment, uh, she invites Bill... 
and sort of Dee Dee, but like only to be nice, over to her house for a pool party. Mm-hmm. They're all together at play practice, and Dee Dee is like, oh, I don't think I'll go because she can tell that Bill would likes to, wants to go, and mm-hmm. Bill is really into Jessica at this point. Doesn't really see Dee Dee that way, and Dee Dee knows that and is suffering from this like postpartum depression. Close. <laughs> Just, uh, I would say, low self-esteem. She thinks it's impossible that Bill could ever like her. So, um, they're they're at the pool party hanging out, but Jessica is totally ignoring... Bill and instead flirting with Tom McKay, who she's constantly flirting with throughout mm-hmm. this book. They're, they go on dates. And at that same party, Elizabeth comes out, and the moment she steps onto the deck, do you remember? Oh, of course. Uh, Todd is rubbing sunscreen into Patsy's back with her bikini strap undone while she was lying down. Right. And Elizabeth like takes one look at this. Todd, she and Todd meet eyes. The book tells us that Todd smiles at her as if to say, oh, hi, it's my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Hello. And Elizabeth turns around and runs upstairs and, like, buries her head in her pillow. Locks herself in the bathroom, I think? Or is it her room? She locks herself in a room. I think it's her room because she's, like, blocking her ears with her pillow. Mm, smart. And Todd comes upstairs and he's like, hello, Liz, what was that about? And she, like, doesn't want to talk to him. And he's like, is this because of suntan lotion? <laughs> And she's like, so you know what you've done. I don't know if she actually even says that, though, or if she just thinks it in her head. So that's kind of the tone that this is taking, and in terms of Elizabeth and Todd. So on the one hand, she never, like, actually talks to him once in the whole book and has no agency. But on the other hand, I have never put sunscreen on an attractive woman's back with the bikini string undone. I think that's pretty next level. Well, and we know that he's, like, showing up to the beach with her. He's always with her. Yeah. And she's always, like, wearing almost no clothes. Uh-huh. And, like, everybody's staring at her. And he's definitely oblivious. Yes. To what this looks like. Except that he knows enough to, to ask Elizabeth, is this why you're worried? Yeah. It's weird. Let's get back to Dee Dee and Bill. So, nobody, like, Bill never tells anybody about Julianne in this whole book. We know as the reader. But he never confides this to anybody. Mm -mm. And Jessica never says anything to Bill about how she's mad that he stood her up for the Sadie Hawkins dance. Although she and Liz talk about it. So, the miscommunication continues. (laughs) Dee Dee doesn't tell Bill how she feels about Bill. Mm -hmm. Dee Dee just secretly pines for him and whenever jessica comes up she like reads the look on his face and is just like backs off or like literally runs away Mm -hmm. like removes herself from the situation to make way for bill and jessica to be together the number of times people run away crying is just so amazing in this book there's one more detail of the julianne story that i marked that i feel like really kind of sums up the tone of this book in terms of the level of intensity of these high school affairs and where Bill's head is at. (laughs) It's uh, the last sentence of this one Julianne chapter. Bill trudged back to his car. Maybe he'd never find love again. Maybe some people were just doomed as far as love was concerned. Yeah. Which chapter was that? Oh, an early one. It was like... 
Before, it's ch- the end of chapter three. Not, well, four ends with, <laughs> excuse me, Dee Dee mumbled, pushing away from the table and picking up her tray. She hoped she could make it outside before she burst into tears. So people are running away, trudging away, everybody's in love. Oh, and Dee Dee knows that she's in love with Bill really early on. Uh Before she's ever even, like, talked to him about any feelings, she knows she's in love with him. Mm -hmm. And Bill, I think, says something about being in love with Jessica. Mm -hmm. So this is all a lot of communication problems and uh, intense feelings, which is pretty high school, I guess. Uh, Dee Dee, though... Uh, wants to learn to surf. She genuinely does want to learn, and that's something that comes up early. And Bill has been giving Dee Dee lessons. Dee Dee is a natural. Everybody can see it. In fact, she's so good that, like, instantly... She wins a surf tournament? Well, she's going to compete in a surf tournament. I believe she gets third place. I also believe this. In the tournament. But yeah, she's going to compete in the, like, junior-level surf competition, like... A, mom- a minute after she first takes her lesson. <laughs> it's so good. And Jessica, that's one of the times that Jessica breaks it up. And she literally, like, goes out into the ocean and, like, swims out to where they are doing the lessons and is like, hi, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... And Bill is just, like, drooling. Um, you can't tell, though, because it's mingling with the salt. There were so many times that they couldn't tell if the salty taste was, like, tears or ocean water. <laughs> It was so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember he was so excited about surf lessons, and gosh, oh man, I wonder if I can find it. But yeah, one of the things I loved with the whole surf lesson thing was when she first brings it up, Bill says, you probably just need someone to give you a few tips. Bill's whole face lit up. (laughs) And he was in his element when discussing surfing. (laughs) I'm like, it's not enough to use a visual like, you have to then explain what the visual meant. Like, his face lit up. Oh, I wonder why. Like, is he happy? <laughs> it's because he was happy. Well, and in that conversation, I think they're juxtaposing it with the whole idea of drama, and he's downplaying his talent on stage mm-hmm. because he's out of his element. True, so he's, true. he's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, but that's all the uh, defense of this book that I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna wage in terms of its writing, uh, writing quality. Um, so... Todd and Elizabeth have one of their typical, um, I want to, like, claw at Elizabeth's face kind of arguments, where mm-hmm. even though she is disgusted by Jessica's behavior, she, like, snaps at Todd for saying that Jessica is maybe being, like, Cleopatra. Like, yeah. it's a very innocuous insult that he uh-huh. makes. And she's like... It's okay when I do it. Or she thinks that in her head, I think, but she doesn't say it out loud. And he's like, it's like Todd was instantly contrite. And I want to be like, you know what? Maybe you guys should just break up. (laughs) I I mean, I'm all about Elizabeth and Todd. I'm such a Elizabeth and Todd shipper. Shipper. I Uh really am. But come on, Elizabeth. Like, you know that she's like this. Anyway. Well, she tells us all the time when we're in her head. I mean, the amount of actual communicating they do is confined to, like, the very ending when they make up, I think. Right, yeah, spoiler alert, Liz and Todd make up at the end of the book. But yeah, so let's go back into that storyline. So Liz has talks to Enid. She talks to her best friend Enid, right? Mm -hmm. And Enid is like... Why don't you talk to him? Have you asked him if he's into you or... Like, yeah. if he's going to break up with you. The other wrinkle is that Liz is also talking to some other girls. A girl we've never met before named Lois <laughs> Weber? Lois Waller? I don't know. 
I'll look it up and cut out whichever one is wrong <laughs> or not. Um, and somebody else and they're hanging out outside and Enid senses something's wrong with Jess and she finds out that Todd and Patsy used to date. Todd and Patsy were in love as we were saying before and then she asks about well when did they break up and they're like oh well they never really did break up I don't think. Um, uh, oh it's Olivia Davidson who did you notice how she was described? No. Her like heroic couplet or whatever? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was frizzy-haired Olivia Davison. <laughs> Every single effing time. So that's how good. they describe her. Poor Olivia and her frizzy hair. Oh, man, that's awesome. She's, like, artistic. She's, like, an editor of the newspaper. Doesn't matter. Frizzy hair. That's all she gets. <laughs> you know, I love every time that uh, Liz wants reassurance... It's just like constant foot and mouth where it's like, oops, they never broke up. Oops, I saw them spending tons of time together. Yeah, that's what's happening in that <laughs> They're scene. the worst friends. They're just constantly yeah. like, saying things that are going to make her more and more afraid. Right. And so Elizabeth is just really insecure. She knows that probably like Todd loves her, but she she feels so like... She feels so inferior mm-hmm. to Patsy, who's so not just beautiful, but very worldly and cool and tall and like a model. Never mind the fact that Elizabeth is always described kind of in that same way. Mm-hmm. Not tall, I guess, but yeah, um, beautiful blonde. Yeah. So she's really in her head about this. And she's afraid to talk to Todd about it because she's just like, sure, I get I, this is what I got. She doesn't want to tell or ask Todd or tell Todd how she's feeling. Because she's sure that he will be like, you're right, I love Patsy still, go away. Mm-hmm. We're over. Yeah. So she's just like prolonging the inevitable, yeah. but she doesn't want to let go. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in order to make that plot line work out, the book just has her get sick for like a week. So she doesn't have to go to school, so the rest of the plot lines can advance. Keep in mind, <laughs> listeners and Russ... This is a girl who is supposedly one of the smartest, most talented kids in school, but she's already missed five weeks of school this year because of her coma. (laughs) So so now she's taking another week off school. She's sick. She kind of made herself sick because she was worrying about Todd. But Todd's calling her like, he can tell something's wrong, but she's like not taking his calls. And then she goes to school and she sees Todd with his arms around Patsy and she's like, He's stroking her back, and he, she's like, this is it. That's the smoking gun. They're in love. Oh, and so then she, she, you really pray, like, please, Elizabeth, go, like, spit in his face or something. If you really think that he's cheating on you, do something. Mm-hmm. Just, then at least you'll know that it's not true. But if you really believe he's cheating on you, do something about it. Yeah. But she, what does she do? Not that. She runs away. She runs and away. Cries. I was doing mimed. <laughs> she it runs just, away. It happens so many times. I couldn't remember specifically which one. She cries. The tears are salty. I don't think she goes to the ocean <laughs> to cry. She goes to the ocean. She remembers when her ex boyfriend, who looked just like Todd, uh, <laughs> slid out of control on a slick curve and exploded against an embankment, killing him instantly. That no. That's not true. People are going to be confused, right? Oh, my bad. <laughs> That's what happened to Julianne. In my head, that everyone has that backstory. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. Going back to the Bill and Jessica story, mm-hmm. they find out, the play is coming up, like, they're going to perform this play, and they find out that Dee Dee's dad is a Hollywood agent, and he is there at the rehearsal, like, the dress rehearsal for the show, mm-hmm. and there's somebody in the show that he thinks is great. 
and he is going to bring a friend of his, he's a producer, the producer who discovered Matt Dillon. Mm-hmm. And th- maybe this person's going to be discovered. But he won't tell Dee Dee who it is that he likes. And Dee Dee's not, Dee Dee's like, you don't know my dad when it comes to secrets. And I'm like, they don't know your dad at all. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it was so, so good. He's like, one person is so amazing that I think it's going to change their life. He's like, but I don't want to tell you who, because that would make you all nervous. I'm like, no. <laughs> if, if you knew who it was, then if it was you, great. And if it wasn't, great. But keeping it a mystery is going to put yeah. it in everyone's head. Guess who is most sure? Julianne. No, no way. No, no, you're mistaking the J girlfriends. That's the dead one. The living one, who's not his girlfriend, is... Jessica. Jessica. She's sure. Of course. Of course Jessica's sure that it's her. And she's basically... It's so. It's actually kind of funny, I think, how this how the book uses this. Because now that she knows that there's this agent and that she's going to have this whole life with this, you know, in Hollywood, she starts fantasizing about that and that becomes her focus and she doesn't care about messing with Bill anymore. Mm-hmm. Which gives Dee Dee her opportunity to kind of step in and Dee Dee and Bill spend more time together. Dee Dee wins third place in the competition. It was pretty great because, like, Bill doesn't have to overcome anything. I mean, he does eventually, but... Like, he's able to fall in love with Dee Dee, not because he eventually learned what Jessica was truly like and saw through her, but because Jessica just stopped caring right. because of the Hollywood agent. Yeah. And there is a line that I have to read on page 79, speaking of Matt Dillon and Hollywood. Jessica's talking to Lila about, you know, how she's going to be going to Hollywood and becoming a star. She's sure it's her. Don't worry, Lila. I won't forget you when I'm a star. You can visit my mansion in Beverly Hills, and I'll even send you a card every Christmas. Thanks a lot. What I want to know is who they'll pick as your leading man in your first picture. Hey, wouldn't it be great if you got Matt Dillon? He's really sexy. Too immature, Jessica said and sniffed. I was thinking more along the lines of Sylvester Stallone. Neat, Lila giggled. I can just see you slugging out with him in Rocky Five. Jessica says, watch it. But I was just like, really? Jessica wants to be in a movie with Sylvester Stallone? Even in 1986, I don't think he was ever... Yeah. Like... I was surprised by that I, pick. I guess I'm wrong. Celebrity Listeners, write in. Tell me how wrong I was. Sylvester Stallone was hot shit in 1986. <laughs> he was a movie star, but did we want to sleep with him? Did we want to kiss him? I didn't want to kiss him. I mean, I was three, but... Well, like, I think you want to slug it out with him. <laughs> Ah, okay. It's a courtship ritual, kind of like the Kanpar uh, of the Vulcans. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sing it. Sing your song. Sing the song. <laughs> there, that can be your transition music. <laughs> Thank you. It's interesting, yeah, how Jessica kind of, like, leaves off caring about Bill. Bill and Dee Dee spend time surfing, and then a big accident happens. Mm -hmm. They're out surfing. Dee Dee almost dies. Yeah, big waves come. she's riding a wave that's way too much for her, and she starts to freak out and gets hit by the board and nearly drowns. She gets a big bruise on her head, and Bill, it's like, it's all happening again. You Mm -hmm. know, the person that I like is really going to die. Oh, I forgot to say... That we forgot the part where Todd has a very brief conversation with Bill, which is like, thank God, like, 
Todd knows what Jessica's like. Mm-hmm. He at least talks to his friend for a second and says, like, Bill, you know what Jessica's doing here. Like, I don't think you can really trust her. And he says, like, hey, so sometimes it's good to um, actually like the person that you are trying to date. Like, that's basically what the conversation is. And Bill's like, oh, I never thought about that. I remember when I dated Julianne, like, we could actually have conversations and got along. He thinks this in his head. He won't actually tell Todd about Julianne. But it's amazing. It's just that it, like, is an actual realization. And he says, but I don't think all, all love doesn't have to be the same. Yeah, some love can just be a across the room sort of unrequited lust. I guess. Or he thinks they're going to get together and just never talk. I mean, there's certainly, Lord knows there are relationships well, like that. But He can just cut out a photo of Julianne and put it over Jessica's face. But with Jessica, he won't have to do that. Because oh, Jessica right. looks enough like Julianne. That's her whole value. You're right. Um, that and the whole cat string thing, I guess. <laughs> so now that he's had that advice, he actually does start to realize that he is able to talk with Dee Dee. Like, there is a girl in his life that is fun to talk to, and he notices that Jessica doesn't seem to pay attention to him anymore, and it's like, oh, well, but there's this other girl who is paying attention to me, and oh, hey, I actually like her and have shit in common with her. Mm -hmm. Um, So they spend more time together, and when she almost dies... He picks her up. They even just, he even says something to her later, like, you you sure did the Hollywood version of almost dying. Yeah. She, like, is drowning, and he does mouth-to-mouth, but then as soon as he does the mouth-to-mouth and she's alive again, he immediately kisses her, and it was, like, confusing, and then he's like, is it okay that I kissed you because yeah. you're, like, almost dead? That was kind of nice. This yeah. book series has a history of... Um, like, no consent. Uh-huh. Like, and it's, it's always scary when the no consent happens. Like, they're not putting it forward as, uh, like, a good thing. But mm. it's nice to finally see a book where a guy, even though she really did want to kiss him, is like, I'm sorry if I was overstepping a bound when I was doing mouth-to-mouth on you and instead it turned into me kissing you. And she's like, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so I mean, good. like, yeah, who wouldn't say that? Yeah, in I this would situation. make out with Bill. Yeah. Also, yeah. I love that she's, like, hit hard enough by a board to be knocked unconscious and is, like, horribly bruised. And then the bruise is, like, never mentioned again. I noticed she, that. She's just healed. Yeah, they, they never talk about the bruise again. It would have yeah. been great for him to, like, every time he saw her bruise, he's reminded of how much he loves her. Well, plus something. she's, like, in a play, so a whole audience would see her just looking <laughs> horrifically yeah. bruised. Dee Dee's in the play, too. Yeah. And there's this cool, you realize, I don't know much about Splendor in the Grass, so it was lost on me until the book thankfully pointed it out. I'm sure a lot of, uh, the, like, 13-year-olds reading this book felt the same way. They didn't know about Splendor in the Grass. But um, Jessica and Bill are playing the leads, and we find out later that Dee Dee has a role that's like the other woman role, that mm. Bill ends up leaving Jessica's character to go off with her. Her name is Alexandria. I remember her character's name. I don't remember the other <laughs> character's names. Um, and Elizabeth points out how Dee Dee was Alexandria in the play and in real life, Whoa. because Bill chose her over Jessica. Yeah, so- but Jessica doesn't care. For those of us who know Splendor in the Grass well, it was infuriating because the moment they mentioned it, I already knew how the whole book would turn out. Yeah, yeah, because that's, like, you wrote your dissertation. Yeah, I did not know it was a real thing. Yeah, it was a real thing. (laughs) I was going to make a joke about you having your PhD in bullshit, and that was when I was going to call you out. (laughs) Darn it. Because nobody knows that you're deadpanning right now and that you've never heard of Splendor in the Grass before. Okay, but I knew... I knew the secret. I knew your dark secret. (laughs) 
<laughs> At any rate, um, so it's all cool until the producer shows up and, like, Dee Dee's dad is talking to Lois Weber and is like, good job, you. Lois Weller, maybe? Lois Weber is a famous old-timey Hollywood mm. director. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, that's why I'm saying Lane, Lois Weber. maybe? Uh, yeah. Lois W. <laughs> Walters? Uh, so Lois something. Um, not, but she had just a bit cut party. It couldn't be her. Not Kara Walker. Not Kara Walker. Who we learn in this book has an olive complexion. Oh I my god, pictured, I want to talk about that. I never pictured Karen this way. All right, go for it. Oh, <laughs> just because I highlighted that because it's like uh, her dark hair and olive complexion, a striking contrast to her best friend's blonde good looks. And it was like, oh Jesus. I think I think we're supposed to think that Kara is beautiful too. Oh, okay. I just thought it was like. <laughs> Blonde good looks. In contrast to that, yeah. she has olive skin, so she's a uggo. That sounds familiar to the way that we feel now when they talk about the girls, the Wakefield twins, being having all American good looks. Uh-huh. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, anybody who's not not only not white, but not blonde, not yeah. blue eyed, not yeah. size six. not five foot six. Luckily, I'm all of those things, so I'm covered. Yeah, yeah, you're most of those things. Bald, green-eyed. <laughs> that's how they describe them, right? Okay, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Tangents are good. So Jessica sees that the producer's coming up, and Dee Dee's dad is coming up and coming closer, and then he comes up to her and says, very nice job, young lady, but that's all he says. And then they go over, and there's a commotion around Bill, Shocker! It's not Jessica who's going to Hollywood, who's discovered. Who is it? It's Bill! What? But he's not really going to Hollywood. He was just told that he did a really good job in the play and might have potential. Does he never go to Hollywood? I don't know. I don't remember him going to Hollywood. He's like, like, I'm going to finish school. Like, (laughs) I've got plenty of time to figure out my future. Uh, So good. Now Jessica has another total change of heart. First of all, this is before she finds out that Bill isn't going to Hollywood immediately. She's like, oh, Bill is the hot commodity. Like, she's really mad at first. She's mm-hmm. mad. She's like, Dee Dee did this. Dee Dee talked her dad into picking Bill because she likes Bill, and she knew that Bill would like her back, because why else would Bill like her over me? She's an uggo, and I'm Jessica Wakefield. Mm-hmm. I'm only sort of paraphrasing. Then she has a little bit of a turn where she sees, oh, well, movie star Bill, you know, he is kind of handsome. He looks kind of like Robert Redford. Yeah, and, like, if I can't have my limelight, like, at least I can get a little bit of his. So that'll be better than nothing. So she turns it back on, and she's like, hey, Bill, and you asked me to go to the cast party with you as your date, and uh, is that offer still stand? And he's kind of like, uh, no. (laughs) But she doesn't really hear it that way. And she made a date to go with Tom McKay. She sends Tom McKay packing. She makes up an excuse, though. She doesn't break Mm -hmm. up with him. She's like... Uh, oh, I'll, I've got to drive the car over there, which is a lie. And Dee Dee, overhearing Jessica making plans to do something with Bill on Saturday, just immediately assumes... Runs and cries. Yeah. The she immediately, <laughs> Yeah, she immediately assumes that because Jessica is interested in Bill now, that Bill will be interested in Jessica again. Mm-hmm. Even though they've, they've, like, kissed, they've told each other they loved each other, I think. Like, mm-hmm. they've... They've done mouth to mouth. Yeah, yeah. 
they've one of them has nearly died in the other one's arms. Yeah, like all that's happened, but even so, Dee Dee's like, oh, Jessica's talking to Bill. He's dating her now. Well, Bill also never rubbed lotion onto Dee Dee's back. That's true, but he did rub lotion onto Jessica's back. He did? Yeah. Oh, snap. Early on, and when he's being her slave. The lotion is a lie. Yeah. See, the lotion is a trope of this book, you know? Mm. It's being used to symbolize... Lotion. A miscommunication. Oh, yours is more of a symbol. <laughs> Mine, <laughs> not so yeah. much. So, Dee Dee... Uh, Eventually goes to the party, and she's, like, going to hold her head high. And the moment she, Jessica's flirting up with Bill, but Bill is resisting because he's not really into her. And the moment he sees Dee Dee, he's so happy. He stands up. He, like, spills Jessica's ginger ale and goes to Dee Dee. And then the most exciting moment that we've been waiting for in this podcast for eight books. You read it, Russ. Okay, I'm ready. Well... If you're going to be America's new teen sex symbol, you're going to need a lot of practice acting sexy, right? They said sex! They said the word sex! USA! 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 Oh, so that was the shocking word? Uh, That's the first time we've seen it. Wow! There's been implied sex, there's been a near attempted rape, like, in four of the books, and the word sex... Wow. It's not appeared. But they're, but everyone's in love. Everyone's in love. That's amazing. Or, like, f- they're a flirt. Or mm-hmm. they're wrapping guys around their fingers. Or they're going to go have some fun. Or they're going to kiss passionately, and it's going to be the greatest kiss of their lives. Wow. Um, but yeah, the word sexy appears a lot, but the w- word sex by itself. So he, a sex symbol... You know, That's it's how they compound. Got away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how about that for a come on? If you're going to be a sex symbol, you're going to need some practice acting sexy. And he's Oof. like, uh, I'm a little hot and bothered right now. <laughs> uh oh. He says, If you say so, are you applying for the job of coach? And I'm like, All right, Bill. Oh. And then this is like, they're deciding, like, their excuse for leaving Lila's power up. <laughs> they're deciding, <laughs> I can't talk anymore. I'm so excited about sex. <laughs> yeah, who isn't? Uh, listeners, please mail in if you're excited about sex. Just have a big check mark on a piece of paper. <laughs> I'll know what it means. <laughs> yeah. Our address is... Uh... Sweet Valley Diaries at me.com. Oh, there is an address. I was thinking physical address, but you can email in a check mark. That's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm, yeah. A picture. It has to be a picture of a handwritten check mark. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But this is when they are thinking of an excuse of why they're going to le- leave Lila's party early. So mm-hmm. God only knows what they go home to do if they're, he's practicing being a sex symbol and acting sexy. What's their excuse? Uh, their excuse is that he needs to practice acting sexy. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening on this page. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sure Lila won't mind if we leave early. It's for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to be America's new teen sex symbol, you're going to need a lot of practice acting sexy, right? That's so good. And then Dee Dee let herself be carried away on a wave of warm sensations. Warm Ooh. sensations is my favorite phrase from this book. It comes up more than once. That sounds like a brand of lubricant, right? Oh, yes. I think it, that might actually be one. <laughs> and you get carried away on a wave of it. Yo, mm. gross. Speaking of gross, we missed the part... The most important plot line is Weirdo Roger. 
Now, Let's talk about Roger in the next segment of our podcast. Okay. It's the part of the podcast where, where we, we talk, talk about, about boys. boys. So Roger Barrett is who you're talking about. Yeah. Roger Barrett is a kind of weird uggo, and he loves Lila Fowler. As far as I can tell, the only thing weird about him is that he's working class. Yeah. I think you put, hit the nail on the head. Um, the, this book has othered him right away. Everybody senses that there's something strange about him and that he has a dark secret. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth actually runs into Roger one day in a part of the book that has absolutely nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, there's just like... We need an excuse for someone to go run into Roger, so let's just add that now. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly it. And she sees that Roger is being a janitor in the office building that she's in. And Roger's really embarrassed to see her and is like, don't tell anybody at school. And Liz is so cool. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's being, she's winning my heart back a little bit in this, in this section. <laughs> because she's like, but Roger, you know, a lot of people would probably really like to have a job. Like, there aren't that many jobs for young people in this town. And he, like, lets it spill that, like, he, he doesn't have the job by choice. He has to have it because his family's poor. And Elizabeth immediately realizes, like, her privilege. That's how I read it. She's mm-hmm. just like, oh, shit. I don't want to think of that. She doesn't say that, but she's like, I won't tell anybody. And mm-hmm. later on, um, at Lila's party, at the very end of the book, she thinks, oh, man, if Lila ever found out Roger's secret, you know, then there's already no chance for Roger with Lila. Um so, but Dee Dee and Roger bonded when Dee Dee went to go cry one of the times because they both realized they were outsiders who would never get the people they yeah, wanted. They were in love with someone they didn't think they had any chance with. Yeah, Elizabeth also has a moment when she thinks that Todd is leaving her for Patsy just because she's fucking made that up in her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like. Now I know just how Dee Dee felt when Bill left her for Jessica. I loved that part. And I was because like... Because a second mm-hmm. before, we were in Dee Dee's head, so the book is able to, like, write it identically. <laughs> and But, like, Elizabeth would have had no idea that she happened to feel the exact same way that Dee Dee felt. Right. So She's bad. able to feel so bad for Dee Dee, and at the same time, she... Can't tell Bill... Yeah, and she can't, and she is defending Jessica. But anyway, we're supposed to be talking about boys. Oh, boys! I love Bill when he's being sad. Uh, He stared up at the moon, and for an instant his vision blurred, and he saw a face that could have been either Julianne's or Jessica's. He blinked, and it was gone. And I'm like, man, what a, like, weird, cheesy TV movie ripoff. Like, no one has ever looked at the moon and had it blur into a face. (laughs) It's It's like a giant white circle. There's another boy that I wanted to talk about, and his name is Tom McKay. Mm, what a mensch. I don't know about that. I think you might be misusing your Yiddish. Isn't, doesn't that mean like an all-around great guy? Yeah, oh. so you're not misusing it, but is he? I mean, maybe he is. Uh, I don't know anything about him other than Jessica is actually interested in him. He's described as having blue eyes the color of faded denim against the deep tan of his face. So he's not the one that has eyes so deep blue they're nearly purple. No, that's Julianne. Uh, oh. Which, incidentally, is not the way that anybody describes Jessica's eyes. So it's like they both had blue eyes, but uh, apparently Jessica and Elizabeth have blue-green eyes. Like aquamarine. Mm. That's not so blue, it's almost purple. True. Get your eyes straight, book. <laughs> um, Can't so. see past their own eyes. <laughs> when 
Tom shows up to the beach. There's a scene where Bill is rubbing suntan lotion on Jessica's back. And the moment that Tom shows up, Jessica, like, sits up and sends Bill away to go get her, like, a huge lunch. Mm -hmm. Like a burger and a fries and shakes. It was a surprising lunch. These girls, you know, they like burgers. That's part of their allure. I don't, and I don't know if I saw them exercise. I don't know how they're doing it. They're just 16, you know? Ugh, to be 16. Tom shows up and he says to Jessica, What's cooking, good looking? I loved that line. Oh, man. <laughs> and she says, Nothing much was, but it looks as if things are starting to sizzle. All these kids talk like they're 40. Well, that's like now an they're. Now they are. I guess so. So maybe that's just how teens talked back no, then. I don't think so. What's looking good looking? Nothing, but Bill's about to get me a burger. <laughs> that's not as sexy. Uh, no, but that burgers are sizzling. So I mean, I guess it continues yeah. the whole burger metaphor. Um, and then I'm gonna drink a big old milkshake. <laughs> And eat a boatload of fries. Hot. <laughs> a beautiful boys, a beautiful boys, a beautiful boys. So we've reached the part of the podcast where I ask you a very important question that I asked all my guests. Mm-hmm. And the question is, I hope you've had time to think about it. Are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? Elizabeth. <laughs> you had time to think about it. That's why you answered so quickly. Tell me well, more about your answer. No, I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Look, well, I would tell you more, but I'm afraid of what you would do if I were ever open and honest with you. That's not true. <laughs> You're lying. No, I was just trying to be an Elizabeth. Uh, oh, damn. Ugh. No, of course I'm an Elizabeth. Are you kidding me? All I do is have massive insecurity and never confront my problems. Well, actually, oh, you're even more... Elizabeth is doing that a lot in this book. So sometimes, like in book seven, when my guest Alex Jennings was here, I was wondering if she was going to have a hard time with this question because the characters are so reversed, but she figured it out. Mm -hmm. In this book, the content of this book specifically and the way that Elizabeth behaves here is... Yeah, it makes you even more an Elizabeth, if you don't mind my saying yeah. so. Uh, but you're also, you know, you're smart. A smart cookie. She's a writer. A writer. Also, Jessica is just truly terrible. She, like, if anyone were Jessica, I think I would disown them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jessica's out there. There is a line in this book that really, um, really made me relate to Elizabeth deeply. I always identify as an Elizabeth, but this one was like, oh, wow, this hits very close to home. On page 19, there were times when her writer's imagination ran so wild that she actually found herself getting upset about things that hadn't even happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's a writer. That's new. (laughs) Yeah. She writes for the school newspaper. They don't spend a lot of time in school in this book, like almost none. But yeah, I was just like, oh, damn it. I really do that a lot. And it's not like something I stay mad about, but I will work myself into an argument about something that is not going to happen but I actually really related to Dee Dee in this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, Dee Dee's why do you super say that? reasonable. She's reasonable. I mean, we've all been interested in someone and, like, been friend-zoned. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Not it, if... Not if... To be controversial, a friend-zone is controversial. Well, I, I think that bears acknowledging. But, you know, I think especially in high school, you get into this place where 
uh, you're friends with somebody and you don't think that they see you as more. And, and that is how Bill is treating Dee Dee for the bulk of this book. Yeah, totally. Um, is that he doesn't see her value. And I definitely, like, this daydream of, like, we're friends and he's going to figure out that this friendship is the most valuable key to a long-lasting relationship, mm-hmm. like the one Todd and Elizabeth are supposed to have. And when he figures that this out, everything will be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? like. Although, are people ever really a Jessica? She's so selfish. Like, the... Elizabeth tries to stick up for her sometimes, and then she's like, well, at least she consoles me, and the one time she confides in Jessica about her problems, about, like, Patsy, Jessica's like, oh, you're right, he's totally in love with Patsy, and she just intentionally, like, drives the knife deeper into Elizabeth's heart to make oh, her feel worse. Elizabeth even says, "What? why is it that when I talk to Jessica about my problems, I always end up feeling worse? Yeah, and apologizing. She thinks in her head, Like, yeah. it becomes about, I'm like, yeah, Jessica's yeah. truly gives zero F's about anyone. Zero yeah. sexes. Is that the strongest curse word we can use? I know it came up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do, 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 do. Well, I have something pretty exciting, actually. Ooh. I've been begging and pleading for weeks now for people to write in to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's somebody uh, named Shannon on Twitter. Hi, Shannon, who is awesome and has been um, making a lot of very uh, nice tweets about the show. And uh, it's, it's been fun to have a conversation. And she had uh, some thoughts on book seven, uh, the coma book that we did. <laughs> Sorry, the book seven is called Dear Sister, not the coma book. The coma book. So in the last book, <laughs> Dear Sister, uh-huh. uh, there is a bizarre scene that we touched on in the book seven episode where... Jessica walks by Elizabeth's room and hears her crying, and she, oh, she wakes up and it's, she says that she has a nightmare, and it's this strange scene. Elizabeth has just uh, blown Jessica off and, like, ruined her night. Shannon says that her theory on Liz's nightmare is that Liz is faking it so that Jessica wouldn't be mad at her. So, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> uh, Shannon also said once on Twitter that whenever Jessica is sure that, like, proclaims that there will be changes that will only last for a day, and this book is the perfect example of this. Because at the end of book six, Dangerous Love, when Elizabeth goes into a coma, Jessica mm-hmm. is saying, like, I'm going to be different now. And she says that in book seven, and she is different, and she's forced to be more responsible. And then in book eight, the one we've just read, it's as if... None of that ever happened, and she's worse than ever. <laughs> she's as bad as she's ever been, and she gives Elizabeth bad advice, and she is messing with this poor Bill Chase kid. Well, I mean, but it did happen because there's a sentence about it. In, so, the, in the book? Oh, yeah. you mean the events happened. Yeah, so it's no, not like the mean, book is pretending that those events, I mean... They had a deep impact because they had to deal with it for a whole sentence. I think it might be worse. Like, it would almost be better if there was just, like, a status quo, like, Uh never mind. But instead, they are acknowledging that Elizabeth was in a terrible coma and was acting weird for a while. Thank God that's over. (laughs) 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 Well, Russ, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, In addition to Russ, I want to thank Jocelyn Schofield for the use of her song, Beautiful Boys. I want to thank Lauren Shippen, Don Flaxbart, and Mary-Kate Battles. Send me an email, sweetvalleydiaries at me.com, as I mentioned before. Or you can find me on Twitter, at Sweet Valley. We are on Instagram, at Sweet Valley Diaries. And I would like to thank the Academy 
Um, my lovely wife, who's seen me through the hard times. Nobody uh, knows that you don't have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just jokes only for my benefit. Yeah, that's how why about, I'm here. How about you tease us for uh, hey, book nine? Hey, you. What are you doing in that? Uh, <clears throat> Roger and Lila have big surprises in the store for them in Sweet Valley High number nine. Love on the run. Oh, book nine is one that had two different names. Book number nine Ooh. was also known as Racing Hearts. Ooh. What am I going to call the episode? Racing Hearts on the Run in Love. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Um, oh, the other thing is this that table this is very table, unruly. Yeah. Oh, so man. don't like put weight on it. I mean, you can a little bit, don't. but it does. It makes noise. It's probably better. We to uh, sort of, like, can't even look bit. at this table, or it might explode. I don't. She's writing something down. You can't see it, but I'll sort of Howard Stern it and say, "Oh yes, those are very nice breast implants." Uh, <laughs> I'm speak. There's a Playboy bunny visiting, and we're gonna just describe. Mm. Her nude body to you because that's what radio is for. Uh, something about Jello wrestling. Yes. Oh, she's in Jello now. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, why? Why would you ever listen to the radio for that? I don't know. It kept me from listening to talk radio for a long time. The Howard Stern Show. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's weird, right? The morning radio hour. It's just like I hate this it. is so insipid. I can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I just audiobooks or podcasts. <laughs> That's right. So shall we begin? Shall we begin? Normally I have, like, music that we use to go from one to the other. Can we just record some weird riffing music tracks? Like... That last one was really good. Okay.